This is the LexisNexis California Legal News Podcast. Litigation news stories from recent issues of LexisNexis Mealy's publications. Current and targeted legal news and litigation reports. The California Supreme Court on June 29th held that labor unions and other associations lacking Proposition 64's injury in fact requirement cannot bring representative unfair competition law claims as the assignees of their injured members. Local 1756 of the Amalgamated Transit Union and Teamsters Local Union 572 of the Teamsters Joint Council 42 sought to continue their lawsuit against several transit companies for failure to provide meal and rest periods after the Los Angeles County Superior Court imposed class action procedures on the unfair competition law claims and found that the unions lacked, quote, injury in fact, end quote. The unions were seeking $10 million in unpaid wages, civil penalties of $2.6 million, and an injunction. The Second District California Court of Appeal denied the union's petition, and the California Supreme Court accepted the case. The court said that, quote, to allow a non-injured assignee of an unfair competition law claim to stand in the shoes of the original injured claimant would confer standing to, on the assignee in direct violation of the express statutory requirement in the unfair competition law as amended by the voters' enactment of Prop 64, end quote. Thus, the court said, an injured employee cannot assign his or her right to sue under the UCL Business and Professions Code Section 17200 to an uninjured assignee. Nor, the court said, can an action brought under the Labor Code Private Attorneys General Act of 2004 be assigned in such a manner. The state Supreme Court explained that, although the act permits aggrieved employees to bring an action to recover civil penalties on behalf of other workers, the person bringing the action acts as a proxy of the state labor law enforcement agencies. The person bringing such a claim has the same rights and interests as those agencies and seeks to protect the public, not to benefit private entities. For LexisNexis Legal News, I'm Mealy's California Section 17200 editor, Brian Redding. The state high court on June 29th also held that an employee's representative unfair competition law claim for unpaid wages and other labor code violations must satisfy class action requirements unless the action seeks civil penalties under the Labor Code Private Attorneys General Act of 2004. Jose Arias filed an unfair competition law and private attorneys general act lawsuit against Angelo Derry, alleging he was not compensated for overtime wages or provided meal or rest breaks while employed there. Angelo Derry successfully moved to strike the representative causes of action, arguing that Arias did not comply with the requirements for pleading a class action. An alternative writ was granted by the 3rd District California Court of Appeal, which held the Proposition 64 did not require a representative claim to be filed as a class action. The state Supreme Court said Prop 64's amendments to the UCL Business and Professions Code Section 17200, quote, leaves no doubt that one purpose of Proposition 64 was to impose class action requirements on private plaintiffs' representative actions brought under the unfair competition law. The California Supreme Court has accepted another case seeking to resolve issues surrounding the unfair competition law after Prop 64, this time agreeing to decide whether a man's purchase of items wrongly labeled as made in the USA constitutes an injury. James Benson filed a putative class action in 2000 against Quickset Corporation, its parent Black & Decker, and Technolock, alleging Quickset illegally sold items labeled as made in the USA when they were actually manufactured in foreign countries or contained foreign-made parts. The Orange County Superior Court enjoined Quickset from using such labels and ordered it to allow retailers to obtain a refund or replacement. 
The court found for Technolock and awarded it costs. Both sides appealed, and the 4th District Court of Appeal affirmed. After the 4th District granted its own motion for rehearing, Prop 64 was passed, amending the state's unfair competition law. Benson then filed a second amended complaint, adding plaintiffs and saying he wouldn't have purchased the locks had he known their true origin. The trial court rejected Quickset and Black & Decker's argument that Benson had not established standing under the UCL. The Court of Appeal then found Benson failed to allege a real economic injury and failed to show that he could correct the defect. In his petition for review, Benson argues the 4th District Court of Appeal, quote, mandated that consumers deceived by material representations about a product's origins also must plead and prove that the product purchased is defective or otherwise not worth the price paid. He says years of rulings on the standing requirements required to pursue UCL claims have created a body of law that lacks cohesion and consistency. The U.S. Supreme Court in mid-June said it will not hear a case in which the Ninth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals ruled that lessors of copy equipment alleged a cognizable relevant market that was sufficient to survive a motion to dismiss in their lawsuit claiming that competitor Icon Office Solutions exploited its contractual relationship in the initial market for copier leases to gain monopoly power in the derivative aftermarkets. NewCal Industries and others competed with Icon in the primary market for name-brand copier equipment leases and in the aftermarket for equipment upgrades. NewCal sued Icon and General Electric, which bought and enforced some Icon contracts. Alleging Icon had its customers sign amendments to their lease agreements and service contracts without telling them that those amendments would result in an extension on the term of the original lease or service agreement. By extending the term of the contracts, Icon was able to raise the contract's value, which raised the price to NewCal and other competitors of buying out that contract in the aftermarkets for equipment upgrades and lease end services. The Northern District of California granted Icon's motion to dismiss with prejudice, finding NewCal failed to allege a legally cognizable relevant market. But the Ninth Circuit reversed, explaining that, quote, Icon has a contractually created monopoly over services provided under original Icon contracts. That contractually created monopoly then gives Icon a unique relationship with those consumers. And the contractual relationship gives Icon a unique position in the wholly derivative aftermarket for replacement equipment and lease end services. The allegation here is that Icon is exploiting its unique position, its unique contractual relationship, to gain monopoly power in a derivative aftermarket in which its power is not contractually mandated. End of quote. The Ninth Circuit also reversed the District Court's dismissal of New Cow's Lanham Act claims, finding the District Court's conclusions were based on factual findings rather than legal conclusions. And the panel reversed the District Court's conclusion that New Cow did not have standing to bring a RICO claim. The Ninth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals in early June upheld a federal judge's decision that a defendant in a copyright infringement, trade secret misappropriations, and breach of contract case should not face dismissal sanctions for its untimely production of files. Plaintiff Brookhaven Typesetting Services claims Adobe's InDesign program infringed on the copyright for its K2 program. During discovery, Adobe was late in producing source code and related documents. It destroyed earlier versions of source code that could have contained important evidence and produced a program to Brookhaven's expert that resulted in destruction of data from the expert's computer. Although Northern District of California Judge Ronald White ordered Adobe to pay Brookhaven's attorney fees as a sanction for its conduct, he rejected Brookhaven's arguments that Adobe engaged in spoliation of evidence. 
The circuit court found the trial judge did not err in finding Brookhaven was unable to demonstrate that Adobe in bad faith and intentionally destroyed data. The panel also affirmed Judge White's finding that Brookhaven was not entitled to summary judgment on its claim that Adobe Systems infringed on the copyright for the plaintiff's K2 program because the procedure for determining the sizes of sub and superscripts is insufficient for proving substantial similarity. The appeals court further upheld Judge White's determinations that Brookhaven failed to produce sufficient evidence to support its misappropriation, unfair competition, and breach of contract claims. For LexisNexis Legal News, I'm Michael Lefkowitz. The federal judge presiding over the multi-district litigation involving claims that Wells Fargo engaged in discriminatory lending practices has ordered the lender to produce for in-camera review a 268-page sample of documents containing information on its lending methodologies so that she could determine if the records are subject to the attorney-client privilege or work product doctrine and order the defendant to produce to plaintiffs documents it prepared and submitted to the Office of the Controller of the Currency, or OCC, because they are not subject to the bank examiner's privilege. U.S. Judge Maxine Chesney of the Northern District of California also held that the bank must file a declaration under the penalty of perjury with the records, which contain communications between members of Wells Fargo's modeling team and third parties to ensure that they are a representative sample of the 268,000 documents Wells Fargo claims are privileged and that the lender will waive privilege over any documents that it fails to list on its supplemental privilege log. The plaintiffs are each pursuing class action lawsuits in which they complain that Wells Fargo violated the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, Fair Housing Act, and Civil Rights Act by employing discretionary pricing policies that charged minorities higher interest rates for residential mortgage loans. The cases were consolidated and transferred to the Northern District of California in April 2008 by the Judicial Panel on Multidistrict Litigation. During discovery, the plaintiffs requested access to documents related to the methodologies developed and used by Wells Fargo in conducting its internal fair lending analysis on both prime and non-prime loans made through its retail, wholesale, and correspondent channels, as well as documents the lender prepared for and submitted to the OCC, a bureau of the U.S. Department of the Treasury established in 1863 that charters, regulates, and supervises all national banks. For LexisNexis Legal News, I'm Manny's Discovery Report Editor, Shane Dilworth. A California man's filed a class action lawsuit in the Southern District of California accusing Nordstrom Incorporated of defrauding consumers through a gift certificate rewards program. The action alleges the small typeface used on Nordstrom's gift certificate expiration dates is intentional, so customers will not use them, and constitutes a scheme to defraud the consumer and cost consumers nationwide millions of dollars. According to the complaint, many customers have failed to use their gift certificates within a specified period of time because they were unaware of the certificate's expiration date due to the small typeface. Back in May, a California class action alleging similar claims was settled, but the plaintiff in this case says he opted out of that settlement. This latest complaint seeks to represent a class of all Nordstrom customers, other than those subject to the California class action settlement, who received Nordstrom notes that contained unreasonably small printed expiration dates in less than 10-point type. A California man's filed a class action lawsuit alleging a group of Las Vegas strip clubs and taxi and limousine companies routinely conspired to deliver passengers to their clubs. Theodore Trapp claims strip clubs pay taxi and limousine companies kickbacks to divert passengers from their original destination and take them to their establishments. 
He claims the practice is part of a broad scheme to direct passengers to specific adult entertainment clubs and serves to damage clubs that aren't willing to pay drivers for customers. He claims drivers routinely tell passengers that certain desired locations are substandard, undesirable, or out of business. Trab claims that in some instances, when clubs fail to produce satisfactory cash payments, a driver will simply refuse to transport customers to their desired destination, irrespective of the customer's request. In early June, the popular social networking service Twitter removed a trademark infringement and cybersquatting complaint filed against it by Major League Baseball manager Tony La Russa from California State Court to Federal Court. The removal to the Northern District of California and a concurrent posting on Twitter's blog dispel media reports that Twitter and St. Louis Cardinals manager La Russa had settled the complaint he had filed May 5th in the San Francisco Superior Court. In addition to Twitter, the complaint listed 25 unnamed Doe defendants that LaRusso said were responsible in some manner for a Twitter account falsely attributed to him. Twitter provides a forum for its users to microblog by posting simple phrases and sentences about things happening in their lives. Twitter users can become followers of other users to keep up with the blog entries, or tweets. Many celebrities use the site to keep in touch with their fans and promote themselves. LaRusso claims that Twitter hosted an account that was purportedly his personal Twitter page. The imposter page included an unauthorized picture of LaRusso and statements impliedly written by him. Calling the imposter tweets derogatory and demeaning, LaRusso expresses concern that the page was misleading and likely to confuse users who believed the page and entries were made and endorsed by LaRusso. The complaint's claims against Twitter include trademark infringement, false designation of origin, trademark dilution, and misappropriation of likeness and name. LaRusso contends Twitter was intentionally trying to divert Internet users from his legitimate websites in a bad-faith intent to profit from his famous mark. LaRusso claims violations of the Anti-Cybersquatting Consumer Protection Act. For LexisNexis Legal News, I'm Mark Rogers. A former Southern California landscaper and gardener filed a third amended complaint in June identifying herbicides and pesticides to which he's been exposed over a period of nearly 40 years that he alleges caused him to develop Parkinson's disease. Kurt Schenkel and his wife alleged that numerous herbicide and insecticide manufacturers provided his employers with the chemicals to which he was exposed and contained significant concentrations of pesticides that contained toxins, dioxin, organic solvents, benzene, and other organic solvents. Schenkel says as a result he suffered serious injuries to his internal organs, including Parkinson's disease. Schenkel seeks compensatory damages for medical treatment and household services related to his disease and to recover lost earnings. His wife seeks compensatory damages for loss of consortium. The plaintiffs also seek punitive damages. The Lexus One Community, where individual attorneys are going for free case law, the Lexus Web Search Engine, free forms, and Mealy's Online. Get access to Lexus.com through research packages for the time you need without signing a long-term contract. Check out Emerging Issues Analysis, News, Blogs, The Download Center, the LexisNexis Store, and more. Lexis One, the online community and research resource for individual attorneys. www.lexisone.com For more information on these and other California litigation news stories, visit www.lexisnexis.com slash or totallitigator.com. The LexisNexis Legal News California podcast has been written by the editors of Mealy Publications, current and targeted legal news and litigation reports. Copyright 2009 by LexisNexis, a division of Reed Elsevier Incorporated. LexisNexis, total practice solutions. I'm Steve Bursler. Thanks for listening.